1: Dale Valor This is Pamela Ross This is Tranesia And you're listening And you're listening To Game On with Jackson Stewart Game On with Jackson Stewart Game On
0: with Jackson Stewart Killing them There's a physicality to the game that can only be sharpened by focus Such focus is the pinnacle of one's well-being, one's performance, and ultimately, the core of a true player One would never think that the focus and peace could be gained through throwing jabs and crossing hooks. Your man Jack has been in a few rings and is more than happy to welcome tonight's guest. In 2009, a therapist encouraged Cleveland Hughes to try boxing, and that one decision changed his life. Through the art, Hughes sharpened his mind, his confidence, and his ability to overcome obstacles. The West Coast native eventually opened Healing Mitts as a place for physical fitness and also for well-being. Hughes incorporates the Healing Mitts intentional boxing training system and philosophy to bring healing through boxing to his clients through inclusivity. Join us in welcoming Cleveland Hughes to the show. Everyone, you've heard the intro, now join me in welcoming to the show the gifted, the powerful, the hard-hitting, and deep-thinking Cleveland Hughes. Cleveland, how you doing, man?
1: I'm pretty good. That was good. Oh, that was really good. <laughs> Make sure you write that, write that down and send it to me. That's going to be my next... I'm going to change my Instagram bio to that. That's... Wow. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, we that had a...
1: Uh,
0: oh, thank you. Thank you. We had, And it, it's all true. I mean, you know, I can only... I can only say what's true um but we had that's a
1: that's true that's pretty true
0: <laughs> we had a previous guest uh trinesia harrison and, and mm-hmm. i read her bio i mean i read her intro and she's like oh my god you do the best introduction <laughs>
1: <laughs> so far but, um, that's the most accurate that i've uh, that i've had so far Heart, see there you go man deep i thinking. i try
0: i try (laughs) to do my research man i do my research so uh thank you for thank you for being on the show uh really appreciate you joining us let's kick off with people uh being told where they can find you like what platform and by what username or platforms can they uh can can they follow everything that's cleveland hughes
1: oh man uh (laughs) there's a there is an endless sea of you know of social media profiles for me but my the place that i'm most active is on instagram at cleveland Fitness, and if you prefer any other um platforms you can always send me a message and i can i can direct you there but like i said i have tons of social media profiles but
0: and you've also cleveland got H. A, fitness. and there's also a website too if you want to go ahead and, and give us that website link right now yeah
1: Sure. www.healingmitsboxing.org.
0: Awesome. Now, I, I see you're an Illinois guy. Uh, we share that in common. Were you born and raised in Illinois?
1: No, actually, um, I'm from San Francisco.
0: Oh, you are but, a long way from home, man.
1: <laughs> well, uh, e- even, even further, because I'm actually in Miami now.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, um I was I had my I was in Chicago 3 years and I have my business is still there so I still have I still have everything going on, um but I'm actually living in Miami now.
0: So, uh, walk us through walk us through the path. Like how does a how does a San Francisco kid travel the country and end up you know, obviously, you've got a a background in boxing. I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. this is what you do. Um, Mm -hmm. But how do you go from kid in San Francisco across the country to boxing, and then they use boxing as a a therapeutic tool for people?
1: Oh, man, that that is a that one is a long question. But let's, uh, let's start. Let's start with uh, let's start with boxing, how I got into boxing, because, you know, I didn't leave I didn't leave San Francisco until um, I think it was uh, 2018. Okay. So or or, yeah, it's like 2018. So but I mean, basically, my, my story, the short version, the shorter, longer version, the medium version is is around after high school. Right. I had a competitive mindset. I, I like to play basketball and football and all those other things and you know i had dreams of being a professional athlete but it became clear to me that you know by the time i was a junior in high school that i wasn't going to fit the mold of a of a college or you know um a college professional you know college level athlete because of my size i was too small i was just too small i'm about I'm five foot nine, almost 5'10, but I'm 140 pounds. So I'm, I'm like a string being. I'm real thin and um, real lanky. And so, you know, uh, college sports weren't for me. And that kind of caused me to kind of go off the rails because at that point, then, you know, athletics was the only thing that I knew and it was the only thing that I wanted to do and pursue. So I kind of was at a loss. And so after high school, I was trying to figure out what it was that I was going to do. And I was working at Starbucks and I wasn't happy with that. And I just fell into this deep, dark, life-threatening depression because I just had no direction, nowhere to go with my life. And so I started going to therapy. Um, fast forward a few sessions with my therapist. My therapist suggested I try, I try to get myself back into some sort of form of sport. You know, um, and so boxing was the thing that came up. And so I tried it. Uh, I tried boxing and... As I learned boxing and as I went to therapy, I found that there were parallels between the exercises I was doing in the gym and the exercises that my uh, therapist was having me do mentally, right? And so I made a connection between the two. I was like, well, boxing is kind of like therapy. And so, you know, that's back when I got started. And so I was running, you know, I I, I, I became a trainer. I was training people and things like that. you know, I became an advocate for mental health and such. And I ran a business in San Francisco. And then uh, I don't know if you have anybody listening knows anything about what it's like um, living in the San Francisco Bay Area. But it's extremely expensive.
0: Yes. Yeah, I I spent a weekend in San Francisco. And I was two weeks broke.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like the, the cost of living is ridiculous. Like I, so basically what ended up happening is, is, I wanted to leave, uh, I wanted to leave San Francisco. I met a girl. We, you know, we vibed really good and, uh, we decided to, to leave to go to Chicago because her family was in Chicago. Um, fast forward three years later, that didn't work out. So when it was time to, and like, I, you know, I started my business and all that other stuff in Chicago. And uh, when it was time to go, I just you know I felt like it was time for a new uh, new scenery for me. And basically, I I I left San Francisco because of the real estate prices. I went to Chicago, and I left Chicago because it was too cold. I just couldn't deal <laughs> with the cold anymore. I was like, you know what, this is ridiculous. Like it's you know it's I, I heard it snowed the other day, and I was like, yeah, oh yeah, well, no it was it did, eighty-five yeah. degrees. It was eighty-five degrees in Miami during that time, so I was. Uh, I I felt really good. I was like, somebody must envy me somewhere, you know? Um, But yeah, that's kind of like the the medium. That's the medium uh, version of how I came to be in Miami.
0: Anytime I hear somebody who is in a, in a current warm client, client climate, I'm sorry. And they say they left Chicago 99%. They always say it was just too damn cold.
1: Yeah, truthfully, it was too cold. It was just, and it it's it is too cold for too long. It's like I could deal with it for, you know, a few months, but it's like six months out of the year, it's just cold, and it's like, and people don't even understand. Like, people don't understand. Like, they just don't it, even get it. Like, if you haven't, it if you lived a, in a climate it's a like San cold, Francisco, yeah. Yeah, if you live in a climate like San Francisco, where it's like 65 to 70 degrees every day, and then you go to a place where it's negative 40 one day, you know, and you experience a polar vortex, you think to yourself, I must run, and I must run fast. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, this is ridiculous.
0: There is something unique about a Chicago winter, because, like, everything just turns gray. Everything's just, it's like, you know it's like a waste, like a, like a frozen wasteland. And then, you know, and then either you, you know, you, even people who can handle it, don't like it, you know, they just want to get indoors. But some, something you said I want to touch on real quick. Cause sure. And, you know, I've done, you know, fitness is important to me. I've done martial arts. I did boxing a little bit, um, never competitively, just, you know, it was almost like, like shady boxing. We would train for the fitness, but then we would have like, unsanctioned like you know warehouse fights every now and then i never did them because i didn't want to get hit that much but
1: mm-hmm.
0: um there is a um there there is a mindset there there is a discipline that has to be like adhered to to box to get good to to protect yourself and i could totally see how that correlates to mental health but tell let us know what you found that was you know that, that kind of uh, that kind of similar relationship. What you did in boxing versus, or you know, in comparison to what you experienced in therapy. Like, how did the two relate for you? I, it, think that, I think that I think it's a great point that you made.
1: Yes. Oh my god. So it's it's almost it, it's almost because here's the thing. Okay. So most people that that use the sport of boxing are dealing with some sort of trauma. Something. they're, they're using boxing as an outlet for some, for some reason, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. my reason, my reason was depression and anxiety. And so the thing about depression and anxiety is, is that you can actually get better at managing your symptoms over time, um, through certain mindfulness exercises. Right. And so, a big part of boxing is fear and anxiety and controlling your emotions. Like before we got started, you said, you know, I just want my, I want my guests to be relaxed. And right. it's the same thing for boxing. The The more relaxed you become, the more comfortable you become in these stressful situations, the better you become. And the thing is, is when you're mindful of it and you're, when you're intentional, when your intention is to be better and to manage your anxiety, you know, and to manage your depression system, uh, um, symptoms and, and, and so forth. Right. Um, it's the kind of the same thing. Like, so my coaches, and so what ended up happening for me is, is that, uh, when I figured out that boxing was something that was therapeutic for people, I asked myself, well, what specifically is therapeutic about it? Right. And, You know, if you do a Google search on any kind of exercise, you're going to see that there are mental health benefits just from like the endorphins, you know, and just from, you know, blood flow to certain areas of the brain that you don't get when you don't exercise and such. Um, But then I said to myself, cognitively, what are we practicing uh, in boxing that can be relatable to everyday life? And so that's how I came up with my system, which which, which I call the Intentional boxing training the healing mitts intentional boxing training system it's trademark so don't try to steal it anybody um i mean so but basically it broke it down into four different four different lessons you know one
0: well i was gonna (laughs) i I want to jump in real quick and just mention like it's um you know, one of the things that I've found in, in training with boxing, and I'm, I'm sure that, uh, that you, I'm I almost guarantee you ran into it too, that there is such a, like, once you improve, you know, you improved, and then you get, like, you get a, a workout high from it because you feel like you achieved something because you, well, you did, you know, and whether it be, you know, you, uh, your combos get better, your, your hand speed gets faster. Um, so I mean, I think that that's a, a great, achievement that can positively impact somebody's mental health. Cause they're like, Oh shit. Like, you know, two weeks ago, I couldn't even do uh, a one minute round. Like now I'm doing three minute rounds or something. So, I mean, I think that, that it's very, it's very easy to see your progress when you do boxing. And I think that that can help people feel better about whatever they're going through. You know, they got little, little milestones to build on.
1: Sure. And there's a, there's a science to, uh, building confidence and self-esteem and one of the things are accomplishments right and that's exactly what you were just saying like you when you accomplish something when you start somewhere because boxing will tell you exactly where you are it's not one of oh, those yes. things it's, it's <laughs> not one of those things right it's not one of those things that you can kind of just do and and not have some sort of benchmark you're gonna feel it and yeah, what you said before is like, your confidence is coming up to another level. Your awareness is coming to another le- a level. And like I said, you're having accomplishments. So every time you go to the gym and the punches feel better and you can throw more, you're having accomplishment. So what I think that is really rewarding about all exercise programs is that you're accomplishing something and that helps build your confidence and self-esteem which is so essential to your mental health. People don't think that it, that it matters But it does, because the more confident you are and the more self-esteem you have, the more likely you are to push away those thoughts and beliefs that would make you uh, doubt yourself, that would cause you to feel depression or anxiety or despair. You know what I mean? So self-esteem is such a such a big part of it. And I think that through the boxing, we help build self-esteem as well as the other, you know, as well as some of the other things that we work on through the system.
0: What's one of the biggest challenges or or several challenges um, that you find in what you're doing? I mean, in the blend between physical fitness um, and and the boxing regimen and focusing on, on improving mental health, what's the challenges that you find in, in doing that?
1: Oh man, there's always, there's, there's, there's a number of challenges that come along with it. I mean, and I think the most obvious thing is the stigma around, around things like therapy and doing things that are therapeutic. I think that that's the hardest part. Um, and another – a big obstacle, and this one is more associated with the industry of fitness and boxing fitness is, is that um, it's kind of hard for people to tell the difference between – what it is that I do and what, you know, other boxing coaches or fitness programs do. It's really hard for people to see the difference, um, especially if they haven't experienced both. So those are, the, those are the, the things that are hard, the stigma and people not recognizing the difference between the different exercise programs.
0: Now, we like to always ask guests here, what is your, what's your normal day like? Because, you know, most people, people who are not um, influencers or, or, you know, on Instagram as, and using it as a business tool. You know, they might be, you know, nine to fivers they might wake up and go teach or work at a bank or, or whatever. And so just about every guest we've had on the show lead completely different lifestyles in terms of like what time they get up and what they do every day. <clears throat> so for sure. <clears throat> excuse me, going back to. What's a day like in the life for, for Cleveland Hughes?
1: Um, my days, well, so usually my day starts with my dog whining in the morning. So.
0: <laughs> now see, now like, you got to about it. What kind of dog do you have?
1: Uh, I have a Sharpe. It's kind of a smush face looking dog <laughs> kind of thing. He has too much skin. Um, that kind of thing. But, you know, the dog. So for me, the the when I wake up, the dog is the alarm clock. So when he gets hungry, whether sometimes it's he gets hungry at four thirty in the morning, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's six. But whenever he gets hungry, that's when I wake up because uh, he'll come. He'll come and whine and ask for food, basically. Um, so that's usually it. And so my day starts with walking my dog and, you know, checking my social media and things like that. Um, And then, you know, then my attention goes to the business. I spend my this is I was talking to one of my one of my clients and, you know, he's got a strong faith and he's like everything. He's like he's like, you know, what I do is I do it, you know, from a spiritual standpoint. And I told him and I felt the same exact same way. Like my life is I'm spiritually. Uh, invested in helping people, you know, so I look, I wake up and I just look for opportunities to help people. I get on my Instagram. I look, I look at my appointments for the day. And then I just, I just live that spiritual life. I just go and help as many people as I can. Um, and I don't really, I don't really have much of a plan most days. You know what I mean? It's just, what are my appointments and who am I going to help? And what am I going to work on? You know, I'm more of a creative, I just kind of create as I go.
0: So when do you, <clears throat> is there a certain time that you work out or do you just kind of like you squeeze it in there as you train people?
1: Um, I work out, I work out on my own. I just, it's, it's random, you know, sometimes it's right after I walk the dog. Sometimes it's in the middle of the day. Sometimes it's at the end of the day. Sometimes it's an hour long, sometimes it's two hours long, but it, it's more so like I live my life very intuitively okay um, and i and I listen to my body and I listen to you know like i I listen to the vibe that you know nature's giving off when I go outside like is, is today a day to be outside you know what I mean like those different things, and that was was problem with chuck Chicago because every time I went outside <laughs> the vibe was, was to stay inside
0: right? I was gonna ask you well how was the how was nature's vibe in the windy city but you just answered that
1: yeah stay inside just stay inside man i've had I've had I've had a few. I've had a few traumatic expense experiences in Chicago. One is the weather, for sure. But um, yeah, so yeah, it's. I live my life with intuition. Of course, I have. Pl- I plan out, you know, my appointments and stuff like that. But wherever I feel, sometimes I don't exercise. Sometimes I feel like I need more rest, and I rest.
0: You know, that was one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the surprising things I noticed in in martial arts and boxing is that. You know, there's a there's a fluidity that you have to like maintain because when you get rigid, that's when like you almost got hurt every time. Like when you weren't just like intuitive and, and rhythmic and fluid, you know that led to injury. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, something you used to always tell us like you're currently of two minds. And and you know, at first we didn't get it, but you know if we were doing drills and we were thinking about what we did at work or what we're gonna do tomorrow, you weren't in sync with your body and you always got hurt it was like clockwork
1: yeah and that's one of that's the one of my principles is if you're doing all the things that I'm asking you to do it is physically impossible for you to think about anything else because if whenever you leave this moment that's that's when your issues are going to happen and i think that in life that is a very true thing. You know what I mean? Like if you leave the moment and you get outside of your head, uh, you know what I mean? And it, you, you, you kind of lose focus, especially right. like in like a conversation or in a relationship or, you know, in a business deal, you kind of fall asleep on it. And that's you can't do that in boxing. You have to be alert. You have to be relaxed, but you have to be alert. And so it's kind of part of the the education that I help my clients become aware of inside of their head. Like what's going on in their heads.
0: What's your favorite part of the business?
1: My favorite part of the business. Huh? Let's see. I think my favorite part of the business is teaching people how to breathe. Okay. I think that's my favorite part of the business. I think I'm, I think I have a fixation on breathing and you know, I, I have I have a client just recently I was talking to about uh, cigarettes and I was like, yo, man, the reason why you really like cigarettes is not the nicotine. It's the fact that you've been that you don't take deep breaths like you haven't you're not really breathing until you start smoking, which isn't really great. Um, but, you know, instead of, you know, instead of smoking a cigarette, take a 15 minute deep breathing break. Do that instead and see 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 how you feel. Obviously you're going to have to deal with withdrawal symptoms and all that other stuff, but see if that also, if that brings the mood back up, you know what I mean? Cause that's really what it is is when people take a smoke break, it's like a mental break, but they're just doing something unhealthy while they're doing it kind of thing. And so, yeah, I forgot what the question was. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the question I tend was the favorite often. part. That's okay. yeah. So, yeah so, breathing, so breathing, breathing. people. Yeah. I mean, coaching. What's your, I mean, uh, it's kind of hard. What's your, I like it all.
0: <laughs> what's your least favorite? Uh,
1: rejection. Interesting. Like
0: clients rejecting the program, or or the. Well, yeah, go ahead and expand on that a little bit.
1: Business sales rejection. Gotcha. That part. You know, like um, the thing is, is that you know when you when you operate your business like a business and you generate leads, you know. And there's somebody that, you know, responded to your advertisement because of some sort of pain deep rooted inside of them. Right. And that's the way I see it. There's someone out there in pain and, you know, you, you know, trying to get that person on the phone and to trying to get them to commit to, you know, getting better and having trying to get them to commit to solving a problem that they said that they had, that they told you, they reached out to you for, is an arduous process it's not it's not easy you know what i mean um it's a, right, it's right. hard change is hard so that would be i mean it's even though it's my least favorite part it's something i i enjoy a lot um but it's just difficult you know for me it, if this is something that you really need like let's not hold up you know let's get this done let's let's start let's start feeling better because once you take action you know you're going to get to see all the benefits and then all this other stuff, the formalities are going to be a, you know, it's going to be outside of the decision, you know?
0: What's next for Cleveland Hughes and excuse me, and, and healing mitts. Is there a, is there a project you're working on right now? Is there something on the horizon that you want to let people know about?
1: Well, I mean, the mission is, it's always the same, but evolving, you know, Right now, what I what I'm really focusing on is uh, bringing trauma informed care into the boxing and fitness world. Um, that's what's next for me. Um, I think that it is extremely important because I don't know if I don't know if you're familiar with uh, what <clears throat> trauma informed care is about, but it's about organizations educating their teams and and updating their processes to. Um, to uh, make sure that people aren't re-traumatized by the system the organization or you know the process <clears throat> if you get if you get what i'm putting down are you picking up what i'm putting down
0: i'm picking it up man I'm picking it up and <clears throat> like we said before the show started i really i really applaud what you're doing because you know mental health impacts everybody i mean for as going as simple as like somebody just having a bad day or just not feeling good all the way up to, you know, somebody who suffers from chronic depression or anxiety or, you know, borderline personality disorder. I mean, so people who, who stand in the, in the gap and try and help usher people into feeling better. Uh, I, I can't celebrate them enough. So I, I totally get what you're doing. I celebrate what you're doing. And now I want to hit you or hit you with a question about yourself that every guest, struggles with, get ready for it. In keeping with the theme of sexiness, what is the sexiest thing about Cleveland Hughes?
1: What is the sexiest thing about Cleveland Hughes? I, I think, I sincerely think it's in between my ears. I think it's, I think it's my ability to connect with people by listening. I think that's the sexiest thing <laughs> about me.
0: You know, and that's, and it's so interesting you say that because, you know, we, <clears throat> Obviously, you're in superb shape. we have you know we have models who are just drop dead, gorgeous, and you would think I, I should say people might mistakenly think that you know those whose physicality is so obvious that their sexiest trait would be something physical, but almost always it is their confidence, their intelligence, their creativity, so and, and that's what we like on the show. We like people to know. That there's more than just a quote unquote pretty face or, or six pack or whatever and you know, two people. What makes a what makes a man sexy in your opinion?
1: Um a man that communicates high value, you know, high value in himself, high value in others i I'm, I'm always I always think that that is the way to go the person that just gives the most value that's what makes a man uh, or or woman attractive I, mean, I guess maybe you have a maybe that's the next question but I think it's just being of high value have high moral standards being of virtue I think is extremely um sexy
0: I like that it's a good answer Uh, It's time for the quick game where we like to uh, give our guests a chance to run through some entertaining questions. Cleveland, are you ready? Yep. All right. Don't overthink it. And here we go. What's your favorite star Wars character? If you have one, Uh, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan. Nobody ever picks Obi-Wan. I love it. People forget how important he is. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say why.
1: Obi Wan, man, Obi Wan had to deal with all of it. like. If you go from the beginning <laughs> to the end, everybody's has problems, th- right? <laughs> so I'm a big, I'm a big fan of transformation, right? And if and Star Wars is they, that's what they do. They they tell stories of transformation, and the most interesting transformation story in Star Wars to me is Obi Wan's transformation from that's you know from interesting, yeah, from where he started, you know as you know, uh, an apprentice to uh, Qui-Gon in the beginning, you know what I mean, to, you know, watching, you know, having to basically have to kill, almost having to kill Anakin, you know, to just becoming the force, you know what I mean? It was just like, his transformation was just awesome to me. I just really enjoyed it. But now, I you typically, would, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Uh,
0: no, I was gonna just say, would you argue that Vader's transformation story is is uh, a bigger arc than Obi Wan's. or you still stick with Obi Wan?
1: Um, you know, the, it, it to me, you know, Anakin was was more human. You know what I mean? He was way more human than you know, like Obi Wan. Obi Wan was far more disciplined. Um, now, I think that it was intended for his um, tra- uh, uh, Anakin's transformation to be more like. <laughs> you know, uh, more shocking. Um, but I just, right, right. I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all of it, but uh, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I just see things a little bit differently. I really just like the Obi Wan's whole everything, his whole involvement and how just how it became. It, it, and also the, the, uh, Anakin thing is like, you kind of knew that he was going to turn into Vader anyway, because you know, the last three movies is, you know, you, you get it. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah. 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 No, <laughs> I, I think, I think it's, uh, I, I like that answer, it's very interesting. And you're, you're totally right that Star Wars is so much about arcs, you know, about where mm-hmm. characters start and where they end up. Um, what's your favorite drink, alcoholic or non-alcoholic?
1: Um, what is my favorite drink? You See, I don't drink that much stuff. So when it's alcohol, it's either, it's either like beer, like light Mexican beer or tequila. And then mm, it's either, can't go with it, tequila, <laughs> you know, and then, it, and then if it's water or, you know, like pop, like a soft drink, it's either Sprite, you know what I mean? Or like just regular water or like some flavored water. So that, that's a tough one. I, I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with water. That's probably my favorite drink. It's probably the thing I drink the most.
0: Favorite city in the U S besides the one you live
1: in Chicago. <laughs> boo um <laughs> favorite city you know my favorite city is probably tiburon tiburon california uh if you've never been it's on the other side of the san francisco bay it's like it's like where where the mega millionaires go to live <laughs> it's so nice okay okay yeah but it's really beautiful and it's just, it's just scenic and it's outside of the cities so it's i really like Tiburon, california it's one of my favorites
0: nickname your parents used to call you
1: uh my dad my dad calls me dude that's been my nickname for ever i don't know how it came up that way but i am dude
0: <laughs> last song you listened to
1: um, danger, Migos,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, or Zelda.
1: Mm, see, Link's Awakening was great. Oh, uh, so, no, but Super Mario. They, they, Super Mario.
0: Do you besides English, do you speak any other languages?
1: Uh, I created a language.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, you got to You, you got to explain that one. What language did you create?
1: It's just broken and, English. I, <laughs> it's not. Creative. It's, it's just. It's just when I'm, when I don't feel like talking, I just say things in weird ways. So I'm, I, I only speak English. I'm, I'm just. I'm just messing with you. I just speak English.
0: Can you dance?
1: Uh, I can box, so I can. <laughs> <laughs> so I got some rhythm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can dance a little bit. I can. I can cut a rug.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I can dance. That's an answer. Uh, how old were you when you got your first kiss?
1: I don't know. I must have been a baby, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, you you could have had it like that, but you know, I'm thinking. You know, I kissed. Uh, I was, you know, I was,
1: mean, you that know. I remember as a kid. I don't know. I was probably like, you know, ten or eleven, maybe
0: sixth oh, grade. Getting it in early, I like that.
1: Sixth grade, um, I think maybe.
0: Do you remember where it was?
1: Uh, yeah, behind the building at the school or something like that at my elementary <laughs> school or at middle school, or whatever it was
0: there you go there you go one of those tiburon girls pricey expensive
1: no nope nope
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh if you have one what's your guilty pleasure on netflix
1: see my guilty pleasure will probably be just netflix because i go from one show to the next
0: yeah my guilty
1: pleasure is probably probably crime shows though i like really like watching crime shows
0: Oh, I swear everybody that's like their guilty pleasure. They watch these like true murder or something shows and or true crime yeah. and, and uh last but not least, who inspires you?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question. Who inspires me? Oh, wow. Oh, man, you caught me off guard here. Um I'm inspired by a lot of things and it's not necessarily a person but something that really does inspire me is when I see human kindness that's something that's really inspiring for me like if someone holds a door open for me like when I'm you know they go in before me they hold a door before it open for me that for me that's like there is hope for you know there's hope for us so it's not necessarily a person it's just acts of human kindness that inspire me
0: I like that, man. Uh, what's that uh, ARK, ARK, acts of random kindness? I think that's super important.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Think, like, you know, like you just said, it, you know you could, you could be having a shitty day and somebody holds a door open for you, or they say "Good morning or, uh, or something, and you just feel like, hey, like maybe the world doesn't suck as bad as, as I thought it did you know five minutes ago. Um, yeah exactly. Good people, sexy people. That wraps up our interview with the one and only, the hard-hitting, the positive thinking, and the intuitive, Cleveland Hughes. Cleveland, thank you, man, so much for joining us. And um, Thank you. Oh, man, it's been a pleasure. One more time, let people know where to find you on social media and your website, please.
1: Yeah, just go ahead and follow me at clevelandh.fitness on Instagram. Or go to www.healingmitsboxing.org.
0: Folks, there you go. There you have it, Cleveland. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Good people, sexy people. That wraps up our show. Follow me on Instagram at JacksonStewart2 and on Twitter at JacksonStewart01. Keep up with the show at www.gameonwithjack.com, and we'll see you next week. Until then, keep it sexy and game on.